This is the Plan Simple Podcast. The one for you, my dear, the woman who wears so many hats. We both know how many people in your life benefit when you're at your best. What would happen if you were to ditch overwhelm and wear all those hats with ease? I'm going to share how simple this can be. We will dive into how to make health, family, home, spirituality, productivity, and entrepreneurship more easeful. Incredible friends and guests will come by for inspirational conversations, valuable shares, and real strategies so you can plan for your best life. My name is Mia Moran. I'm a mother of three, a wife, an entrepreneur, a coach, and your host. I wear a lot of hats, and I am committed to leading a balanced life and sharing all that I have learned and am learning with you. You're ready? Let's flow. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. We are welcoming back the amazing Megan Flat today. And I still am a little without a voice because I still am doing a little bit of recording all in a row. And so I'm hoping that when this actually goes live, if you were to speak to me on the phone, I would have all the voice in the whole wide world. And on the day that this is going live, I am having a minor surgery in the morning and heading off to one of my really favorite aunts is her funeral is that afternoon. So I think I told you a few episodes ago that she passed away and we're going to go celebrate her life. And so I just figured I would batch the shows with a limited voice and that that was going to be okay because that is me really showing you how... I get things done around here and how I show up and how I balance all the things that we do at Plan Simple or all the things that I do to make Plan Simple work. I also have a team. It's not just me, but these are the things I do. It's my voice on the podcast, right? So I have to press record and still go on vacation with my family and have the space to take care of my skin in a way that I had to get something biopsied and now I need to get it removed. And this is life where there's always like, I think there's ever a week where it's like everything is laid out just perfectly in front of you for you just to dance through it. Like logistically, I don't think that's true. The truth is, is that very often I feel that that is happening. A lot to do with just all the things I share here, all the amazing conversations we have, all the practices that are really part of my life, the tools and practices that are part of my life that I practice on a daily basis really do make that possible. And I still lose my voice and people I love really do go away. And every once in a while, I do have to go to doctors and get surgery because I'm human and this is life. So I just want to be as real as possible with you. So we're getting back the amazing Megan Flat, who I think probably has been on the podcast the most of anybody. We ran a series together for a while, a couple of years ago. I think it was during COVID. She's just one of my favorite people to talk about. She definitely talked to, talk about, talk about or talk to. We both talk productivity in a similar yet different ways. So when we're in conversation, we really can riff on the topic. And I always learn something from her and she's always pulling things out of me. And I just love being in conversation with her. And today, the reason she's on is very... I was about to say focused. That feels like a mom joke. <laughs> feels very on purpose because she just wrote a book called Focused. And I just want us all to celebrate with her. I want us all to go get the book. So if you're listening to this and you're excited to see how productivity could just be a byproduct of focus, I want you to go grab her book. We've linked it up in the show notes. We've linked it up on the website. We've linked it up on social media. So it shouldn't be hard to find. It's called Focused and it's by Megan Flat. So if you go get the book, then you can lead back to her website and she has all these extra goodies that you get, more planning sheets. You know how much I love planning sheets and different tools that will help you to be more focused. Another thing about Megan is that she develop these things called focus sessions, which she now has a business around, which I realized were very similar to what we were calling get something done sessions about two years ago. So since then, 
what we do is we actually, just like, I don't know, Google might purchase a gym membership for their employees, we buy focus sessions for Flow365ers. And it's a really important part of Flow365 are these 90-minute focus sessions where you can come into community. You don't get distracted or talked to. It's kind of like a yoga class. There's a format to each focus session. It changes a teeny tiny bit with each focus instructor. Is that what we call them? I don't even know what we call them, focus leader. And basically the first five minutes set you up to focus and then a timer is set and you get to focus on your project. And then there's a break in the middle and then you focus again. And at the end of 90 minutes, like you've just accomplished more than you would ever accomplish on your own. It's fascinating and fabulous and such a amazing bonus of Flow365. So you can get them when you're in Flow365 and you can also go purchase them. And we've also put a link for that. But just all you really need to worry about today is going to get the book. And then between Megan and I, you'll hear more about focus sessions. And if this is something you want to do, you'll go test them out. I think you can test them out free for a week, which is so fun because they're amazing. All right. I think that's all I want to say because I've introduced Megan so many times that I just want her to get on and talk about productivity and focus and what she's thinking about right now. One of the things that we're going to talk about is just how she used her own tools and her own beliefs about focus to actually write the book because that wasn't necessarily something that was easy for her to do. And so we all have these things that feel a little bit hard and there are tools that can help us do it. And that's what I hope our conversation today really helps bring to light. Now, we're going to share some things today, thinking about how you focus in a day. And pieces of that are also part of what we teach in Plan Simple. And I've been thinking a lot about how to really understand how you're going to come into a day and how for women, not every day is the same. And how do we really adjust to a different day. So if we wake up with low energy, we wake up with high energy, we wake up and we're sick or we don't have a voice like me, or we wake up and we really want to not do what we thought we said we were going to do. How do we navigate that? So I've been thinking a lot about this as I've been, I think I told you a few episodes ago, as I've been redesigning the flow planner and we created a workshop about it and it's been a big success and we're doing it again. So go over to the Plan Simple website. There's definitely like a bar somewhere on it that will get you there to sign up, but you can also go to plansimple.com slash workshop. We would love to see you there. If you already came to the workshop and you just like loved it or you know you're going to love it, please share it with a friend. We really love growing this community and growing the number of women who understand how they can live a more balanced life, a more fulfilling life. We just want to help as many women as possible. So if you know somebody who this message would resonate with, please share the workshop. There's nothing we would like more. All right. I think that's all I got today. So with no further ado, let's get the amazing Megan on the show. Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. Welcome back to the Plan Simple Podcast. I'm so excited that we're here together. I'm so happy to be back. I love talking to you. I love whatever conversation we're about to have. Oh my gosh, me too. So we are talking today because you just came out with an amazing book, which we're all so excited about. Yeah, yes. Yeah, she's like holding it up. Some of you might see that. Some of you all might see audio. Wait, show me the cover again. Wait, is there pink on it? What is? Why? Is no, it I just have it oh, like totally it. flagged. Oh my god, I love it. Notes. I love it. I love it. I love it. We should all have books like that. I so, keep giving I away like, my copy of the book, so like this is the only one I have left to hold up. I was trying to like have one in the back as a display, but I keep like giving it to people. And oh so. my gosh, I'm so excited! I'm so excited about the book. And actually, it's funny because I'm thinking just now that. I don't have mine in my hand because I keep reading it digitally. I need to have like the physical copy. I think I gave mine away. So where to even start? So I feel like we've had so many conversations. I was like, what have we talked about? And what if we have not talked about? So we're definitely going to get into focus. But will you just like, I know, like, I feel like a lot of times when we bring you back on, we like skip ahead because we know that you've Mm -hmm. told us all about you. But will you tell us like really all about you in terms of your relationship to focus? Because I actually don't know that we've done that. Like, I feel like we've done your story, but like, will you just take us back? Like, are you naturally a really focused person? 
Will you tell us no, about your relationship? No, focus? and <laughs> you know, it's funny because I was just working with some clients and I mentioned that I had so many of my computer tabs open and that I was using my open computer tabs as a to-do list, right? Like all of the tabs that were open are the things oh that gosh, I needed so to come to back that. to, yeah. right? So easy to do that. And one of the people in my group call was like, oh my gosh, Megan, like, thank you so much for saying that because I just have this vision of you being like super organized and like all of these things. And it's like, no, like all of these things that I teach and that I'm like, I like to say like, I'm a nerd. I want to research and I want to figure out I'm a planner. And so when something isn't working for me, or I'm struggling with something, like I want to get to the bottom of it and kind of figure out what does science say about this? What is, you know, I joke, like even in writing the book, I had to use every single tool I talk about in the book in order to get the book written. And it took me, you know, when I wasn't doing the things that I know to do to help me focus, the book wasn't getting written. And as soon as I kind of went like, okay, I know what to do. I've got a prescription here then I was able to get the book done. And so I think so much of this book too is about kind of untangling ourselves from hustle culture. And that was something that I found myself really steeped in. And, you know, I got to a point of burnout or maybe multiple points of burnout and very much came up with the like, what's wrong with me? Why am I doing this wrong? Why does everyone have it figured out and I can't? Whether and when, and whether we're talking about my business, whether we're talking about parenthood, whether we're talking about, you know, volunteering in, in your community, like whatever the thing was at this point where I was, I'm exhausted. I don't feel satisfied. I don't feel fulfilled. I'm working so hard and I'm not feeling the ROI of the effort I'm putting in. And so I had to really step back and say, is this something that I'm doing or is this something that? society is kind of telling us that, especially as entrepreneurs, we have to constantly be doing more, doing better, hustle harder, you know, and that was when I really started questioning, like, wait, is that really the answer? Yeah, I love that. I will fully admit too, because I get that all the time. Aren't you super organized? But I 100% and the first to admit that the reason I got into I've always been obsessed with time, I have to say, since a very young Mm -hmm. age. Mostly because I spent a lot of money on planners <laughs> that I never finished. And then I went to design school and I was super obsessed with timelines. So I think I've always had this sense that there was a different way to navigate time. And I'm like a very creative, like multi-passionate person that probably if we were labeling kids when I was little would have definitely had ADD. But somehow I just figured out, I think part of it is because I was a girl, I'm a woman. And I just think right. that we have these ways of navigating things. Navigating I it. If I was... Yeah, I figured it out, but definitely I've needed everything. And one of the most interesting things is I feel like, you know, that initial, like the first time that you're ever like, whoa, like I'm feeling a little bit burned out and like I'm doing too much. Like I made a big correction there, but then it came up again in like recent years. Like, so I feel like there's like always this onion. It's always like, you know, we're getting a little bit wiser and like a little bit Like not everything's as obvious as we think it is. You know, we've inherited so many thoughts about productivity and focus and things that like, I don't know, like sometimes I'm like, whoa, I think that's coming from hustle culture. Like, I don't even think that that's what I think. And then it's like, oh yeah. So what's the alternative to that? And I think that's like in the past three years, I just ask that question all the time of like, what would it be like if it wasn't like that? Because I catch that often. And I think anything that we think like, this is how it should be. Often that's coming from this, what you refer to as hustle culture. For sure. And I think that it's kind of, I once heard, you know, when we're talking about like business and business progression, right? I once heard someone say this phrase, new level, new devil. And I love that idea, right? And I think that is also the onion analogy is perfect. And I think that's also what we're all figuring out all the time as we, you know, new level, new devil. And I know you say this and I say this, like, Mike, I've never parented my kids at this age, right? I've never run my business at this exact point in time before, even though I've been running my business for over 10 years. And so I think there's like this constant 
you know, my husband is kind of the cook in the family and my kids get kind of frustrated. Like he'll make his like famous chili, but it never tastes the same. Right. Cause every, <laughs> right? And, and sometimes my kids will be like, I really liked it the last time. And he'll be like, I don't know what I did last time. Right. And I think that's sometimes what is happening to us in our lives and in our business is like, we're feeling a feeling, but you can't necessarily it's like, is this, what ingredients are kind of adding up to make the chili this time? Yeah. And so I think that I hit a point of burnout where I was really unhappy and I was unhappy with a lot of different pieces. And so I'm always so cautious to use that word again, because it is to me. And I think it has a lot of weight and I think it's a real thing, but I think there's some other words. Like I just, you know, this, cause we talked a little bit about this, but I just did, you know, the kind of the big two week bulk of the book launch. And right before yeah. I launched the book, my son broke his arm, you know, had a pretty significant bike accident that required surgery. And it was also the end of the school year for both of my kids. And so, you know, it's the hundred days of May. Right. And then at the same time, my husband had some stuff going on with his business. And like, I got to the end of last Friday was my kid's last day of school. And I laid on the couch as I was expecting to need to pick them up from school at noon. They both ended up making plans after school. And so all of a sudden I had this chunk of free time. I laid on the couch for three hours for three hours I love straight. It. Right. And I can say I was burned out, right? Like the three weeks or the four weeks or the five weeks leading up to that moment of me just being like, I need to be horizontal right now was a form of burnout, was a form of a stress response, was a form of hustle culture. Right. Yeah. And I felt a little guilty. I felt a little guilty. Like, oh my gosh, my kids are both occupied. I have this free chunk of time. I should be doing something with it. You know, yeah, it's interesting. So, like, I yeah. almost want to play not devil's advocate to that because I totally agree with the three hours. But it's interesting because I actually think the hustle culture piece of that is the fact that you thought maybe you shouldn't be on the couch for three that, hours. No, that's exactly what I'm. Yeah. No, that's yeah, yeah, exactly yeah, yeah, what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, exactly. yeah no, we're because that we're totally yeah. in agreement that I had this moment of like, even Oof. after spending two weeks talking about my book, where I talk about rejecting hustle culture, I still had this moment yeah. of of like, shoot. I don't deserve to lay here. Yeah. I should be doing something more productive. Yeah. And it's funny because like I still, I love your word focus and I often still use the word productivity because I just call what we do feminine productivity, but productivity has so many things around it. And technically in feminine productivity, like napping is like really important facet <laughs> of totally. feminine productivity because it's like where we think of amazing ideas and how we reset and how we regenerate. And so that brings me to the next thing, which I love how you talk about and how it gets brought out in the book about, will you talk a little bit before we get into this? Because what I want to get into is how focus plays out in our lives, because right. I think that that taps into like us being okay with napping because we can trust that we're going to focus at these other times. Yes. But will you I just talk a little bit about how focus and productivity and all that's related just so we set that foundation and then move into move Absolutely. Into and I think you just said it. And the phrase that I like to say, and what I like to think about is that productivity is a byproduct of focus. Yes. And so if we prioritize focus then the productivity will follow. And the problem is when we prioritize productivity, we're not taking into consideration the other things that our bodies need, our businesses need, our society needs. Like we're not, we're just focusing on get things done, you know, and that's right. the hustle culture, right? And that's the, I don't get to lay on the couch or, you know, it's just like, how many things can I cross off my list? And when we yeah. focus on that or when we prioritize that, that leads to yeah, it's cool because like it's almost like when we prioritize focus, which you'll get into how to do that. When we prioritize focus, and that means that those three hours on the couch are need like are almost like they're almost needed in it. that are part mm -hmm. of that situation. Then we can like start to really redefine what productivity is because if we're really looking what like I always love going back to farming, which I can't remember if you talked about. Did you talk about farming yeah. in your book? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I always love going back to farming because technically productivity means like the field has a rest. Like the only way you can productively make a crop is if there's those resting and planting and there's all these different seasons of it. There isn't anything else that we expect to work. Like we don't expect our car to work without gas in it. Like there isn't yeah. anything else, you know, even our animals or, you know, it's like we don't expect them to be able to run constantly or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. 
So interesting. Yeah. The other analogy that I use, and I think this really resonates for you and from your background, kind of looking at nutrition, wellness. And so I like to think about like, if we're prioritizing productivity, it's kind of like prioritizing like the only metric or the only thing you're looking at is what is the number when you step on a scale. Yeah. And like productivity, like how many things you crossed off your list that day, that's the end result, right? Just like the weight on the scale is the end result. And instead in wellness and what you talk about and what you preach is like, let's prioritize moving our body. Let's prioritize putting healthy nourishing food into our body. And if we focus on that, if we focus on movement, if we focus on nourishing food, the byproduct of that is going to be a healthier body. And that's exactly how I feel about focus versus productivity. Yeah. And I say all the time that like a feeling of like ease or, you know, just that feeling of goodness, Yeah, which I sometimes call ease. Like I've seen this hundreds of times has nothing to do with how many items are on your to-do list. So it's really about how you think about them. So the idea of being productive and thinking that that feeling of like completion or ease or productivity comes from how many you check off. It's like, it's not true. If you focus, which I want to get into, like, but if you focus, you feel so good at the end, like no matter how many you know things right. have been checked off because you're thinking differently. Right. Yeah. And again, we could draw the parallels to wellness, right? Like there are some different ways, some unhealthy ways to hit a number on a scale if that's our priority. If that's only what we're looking on, then we might choose some not healthy ways to get there. And so the same is for productivity. If it's like cross things off the list at all costs, then we start to sacrifice our sleep. We start to sacrifice relationships. We start to sacrifice our self-care. We even start to sacrifice what's potentially best for our business because we put off the like most important work. We put off the things like I really like writing the book or, you know, I really need to work on this bigger project that is going to have a bigger impact in my business. But that project is going to take me longer, which means I'm going to go two or three or four days And I'm using air quotes here if you're not on the video, like not cross anything off the list because you're working on a bigger, more impactful project. And if you're working on a bigger, more impactful project, that's really going to make an impact in your business. But your criteria is how many things did I cross off my list? Then you're more likely to default to let me pay that bill. You know, let me buy that thing. Let me search for this because you can cross those things off quicker. And if that's what we're using for kind of our self-worth, then you're always going to do those little tasks and you're never going to get to that big, important thing. Yeah. it's funny. As you're saying that out loud, I'm like, interesting. Like those are the things that actually we don't need that much focus to do. Exactly. (laughs) Right? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) All right. So let's shift into focus and just, I don't know, tell us some of like the things that you're really finding as you're diving into this, like some of the things that you share. Yeah. So I've got a couple of things just right off the top of my head that come up. So first of all, we, I think you just, you mentioned this with like how important a nap is to our ability to focus because the human brain is not designed to focus all the time. It's just not, it's like telling our muscles that you, you know, we're going to run a marathon, but you have to sprint the whole time. Like there are two different muscle fibers in your body and you know, they are not designed to do the same thing. Our brain is not designed to focus the whole time. And so I think that that is a really important, like that's the first step, because I think what happens is that people think like, oh, my work day is from nine to 2 p.m. And I need to stay super focused from 9 to 2 p.m. And if I don't, again, I'm not a good person. I'm not good at focus. I get distracted easily. Like we start labeling all these things that are kind of wrong with us. But really the research and the research is a little conflicting on how long we're able to focus. But for the most part, for different people, it's somewhere between probably 30 minutes and maybe two hours max that your brain is able to focus. So instead of thinking I'm working from nine to two, I need to stay focused the whole time. The first thing is just kind of getting rid of that notion and saying, okay, I need to have these, we call them focus sessions, but I need to have these focus sprints throughout the day where I'm really getting into focus and then time where I'm able to step away and not be as focused. And that's how our brains work, but it also is how our business works. 
because we're going to need to reply to emails. We're going to need to reply to a Slack message, answer a question from our team member. You know, we're going to need to pay an invoice. Like all of those things need to happen. And so again, I think when we're trying to say like, I shouldn't do any of those things. Oh, I get so distracted by email. I can't focus. Okay. Yes, that's true. But are you trying to stay focused for the whole day instead of it's 9 a.m. I'm going to focus for the next 90 minutes. And then at 1030, I'm going to check my email and reply to emails. And then at noon, I'm going to do another focus session. I'm going to focus for 90 minutes on my most important task. And then at 1.30, I'm going to reply to all of the Slack messages that have accumulated in those 90 minutes. Like that's how a brain works. And that's how our businesses work better. Do you see any common... I don't want to say, I don't love the word mistakes, but do you see any like common misunderstandings around what a most important task would be versus what maybe, you know, the hustle culture has taught us it should be? Yeah. You know, and I think we could take this in a couple of different directions, but so definitely the first is, I think we've all kind of seen that like Eisenhower matrix and what, if you don't know that it's called an Eisenhower matrix, it's the one that four quadrants and one is, you know, urgent but not important. One is urgent and important. And then you've got the squares that are like not urgent, not important and not urgent, but important. And I think that if we're talking about like what our most important work is, it tends to fall into that quadrant of important, but not urgent. And that because it's not urgent, that means that sometimes it falls to the bottom of the to-do list because the things that are important or unimportant, but are coming up as urgent tend to just naturally rise to the top of the list. So I think the first step, and I know you talk a lot about this, is even just stepping back and like looking at your kind of whole life and like, what's important to me? What is important to me in my life that I do and focus on and kind of starting there and then breaking it down I like to talk about your highest contribution. Like what is your highest contribution to your business or to your life in this season? So, you know, we're right at the beginning as we're recording this episode, we're right at the beginning of the summer break. And I have a 12 and a 15 year old. And, you know, so my focus or my highest contribution for this summer might look a little different than what my highest contribution looks like, you know, when they're in school, you know, full time. So I think it's kind of like deciding like, Or, you know, another example is when I was writing the book, my highest contribution to my business was writing. And so I needed to make really conscious decisions to allow me time to use my focus time to write. And then I had to set boundaries. I had to say no to things. I had to put other things on the back burner. And then when I was done writing the book, my highest contribution now is, you know, is talking about the book. So yeah. I thought that I would jump right into another writing project because I love to write, but that's not my highest contribution right now. My highest contribution is doing these podcast interviews, talking to people. And then the nature of that means that I also have to build in more rest time because I need time as, you know, as an introvert, I need time to recover from those conversations and from being on and those things. I love that. And it's interesting because I think you and I, you know, have done enough practicing that we've started to learn like what those most important things are. And like, you know, it wasn't easy for you to prioritize the book at all, but you knew that like, if you are connecting to like your future, that that was the most important project to do. I think often as business owners, entrepreneurs, we often think our work is the Mm. most important project. Mm -hmm. Do you Mm -hmm. have anything to say about that? And like shifting from that mindset? So I'm actually going to kind of quote a friend and colleague of mine, Rachel Cook, who is a guest contributor in the book. And other people have kind of, you know, explained it this way about how we kind of have these different levels of things that we do in our business. And she assigns kind of a monetary value, right? So we do $10 tasks, $100 tasks, $1,000 tasks, and $10,000 tasks. And she uses that almost as a scoring system, right? So if you're only doing $10 tasks, which are kind of those admin you know, cross the things off the list tasks at the end of the week, if you work a 40, you know, you work a 40 hour work week and you're only doing $10 tasks, if we're using that money as kind of a scoring system, you're at about $400. But if you really want to start like having that bigger impact in your business, you have to really decide, like sometimes those $10 tasks have to get done. I'm not saying that they don't have to get done. A lot of times those are things we can delegate or automate, but those have to get done. But we also need to look at like, what are the $10,000 tasks? And what's interesting is that actually like client work, 
whatever your client work is, whether that's actually working with clients, whether that is, you know, creating a pattern for your sewing business, you know, whatever that is, what the actual work is, that's probably more in the $100 range or maybe the $1,000 range. But that $10,000, like that's real CEO level stuff. If you think about like the CEO of whatever company you want to think about, they're not usually boots on the ground doing the thing that their company does. That $10,000 an hour like level, that CEO level is like, what am I doing for the future of my business? You know? And again, most of us small entrepreneurs, small business owners aren't spending 40 hours a week doing the $10,000 tasks like maybe the CEO of a huge company is. But when you're kind of balancing it out, it's like, then again, I think those $10,000 tasks start to fall into focus time or you put your $10 tasks into a container and say, I'm only going to take the next 90 minutes to get all of these things off my list so that I can spend the rest of the afternoon you know, writing my book or reaching out to potential collaborators on the next big project or, you know, whatever that thing is. Yeah. It's interesting. And I can't believe I'm saying this out loud on a podcast, but I did recently start (laughs) the next book and I, yeah, I know. I'm like a little, like, I'm not committing to the timeline yet, but it's like in me, it's ready. It's just, I can't quite figure out if it's the right season. But one of the things that actually, I think you really helped me with that I heard you say once and I was like, oh yeah. And so I did this whole, and we'll get into this in a minute. Cause I did this whole energy analysis of, I did it based on my cycle. Once we have like a 90 day planning thing where you like, really like look at what your energy is every day. And I know you do that too. Mine's a little bit more health focused than yours is a little bit more energy and business focused. And in that, I really started to realize that coaching gives me energy. So Mm -hmm. I actually don't need a lot of focus for it. I do need sometimes need that nap on the other side or like that unwinding on the other side. But if you're going to make me write, which is like, I have all this material that I want to write, but it's not my favorite thing to do. I really need focus. Like I need help and focus. (laughs) So it's been interesting to really understand what needs focus, like what all the different levels are. And, you know, I could coach all day and probably never have to muster up that really deep level of focus that you're talking about one can get you in those 90 minutes. For sure. Most of us, I think that's true. Most of us go into business to do the thing that we go into business for. And so- probably that comes more naturally to us, you know, whether that is coaching or whether that is making ice cream or like whatever the yeah, thing absolutely. is. And unfortunately, I have two things because I used to have a design company. So it's right. like, I can design all day. Like I don't have to hire anyone to do that. But obviously that starts to take away from the focus. Right. But I think when we're thinking about, and you touched on it, like really like mapping our energy. And I think this is another thing. I think one of your questions is like, what have I learned about focus? You know, we are not all designed exactly the same. And especially when you look at the different hormone levels in our body for people that have more testosterone in their body, their energy levels tend to cycle on a 24 hour cycle. And for people that have more estrogen in their body, they tend to cycle on a 28 day cycle. And so, but, you know, I think this is an interesting anecdote, a quick side about self-publishing and publishing on Amazon. So your ranking on Amazon goes by daily sales. So Mm -hmm. I think in the first couple of days that the book came out, we had a lot of sales and Mm -hmm. my book actually got to be number 30 in the time management category, which is amazing. And I was so proud of it. Out of those 30 books, 27 of the books in Amazon's top, you know, top books for time management were written by men. Yeah. And yet... Like, so again, if we go back to people with more testosterone, their energy levels cycle on 24 hours. And if they're the ones running the companies, if they're the ones that are in charge of the workers hours, if they're the ones writing the books on time management, then our society starts to think that our energy needs to cycle on a 24 hour basis. And that's just not true for all of us. And I think especially when we talk about entrepreneurship, I think a lot of people, male or female, go into entrepreneurship because they don't want to follow that prescriptive way to kind of run their days and their weeks and their months and their seasons. 
And yet society is still telling us that like, this is how we have to run it. So when you're talking about kind of mapping your energy, I think it's even more important for those of us that have been, you know, socialized as women or raised or, you know, assigned female at birth that have more estrogen in our system. Like, I think it's even more important for us to really think about, wait, this is my best time of day. This is my best time of month. This is the season, whether it's because of kids, whether it's because of the sunlight outside, like to really pay attention to like, this is my best time for focus. I am more focused in October than I am in June, you know, like to really start to understand that about ourselves instead of June comes around and being like, why can't I be more focused? Yeah. Like, oh, because this is a time of year when this and this and this is going on with my kids. And, you know, this is where, yeah, and this I is feel where my like body is. Everyone's like, oh, then I have to like go back and do all the things. But I really think that at a very general level, we can all sit down and like look at a calendar and be like, oh, like I never get anything. I never get clients in this month or I never finish anything in this month. Exactly. I feel like that's a pretty easy thing to do at a high level if we're really honest with ourselves. Yeah. And it's just starting to pay attention to that, right? It's just yeah. starting to pay attention to. And I said this to a friend that I did an Instagram live. She and I have been friends for 10 years. And probably 10 years ago, she told me that she doesn't see any clients the four days of her menstrual cycle. And I remember when she told me that, like rolling my eyes so far back in my head. You know, I just thought that was the most ridiculous thing I'd ever heard. But like, lo and behold, when I started paying attention to my energy levels and to my focus and to my desire to communicate with other people, when I started to really pay attention to that on that 28 day cycle, like it makes scientific sense. But I had been conditioned to think there's no difference. Oh my gosh, I can't believe that you're taking four days out of the month that you think that's somehow different. No, everything's the same every day because that's what I had been conditioned to believe. Yeah. And then there's so many other things within oh that. Like I think recently you shared, it's like, then I should be a morning person or like, and night owls don't get as much done. And so I just, yeah, it's like, there's so much that we once we're honest with ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's almost like once you're honest with yourself, it's for me, there was definitely this piece of the mindset piece of just like, not only did I have to start focusing during that time, but then I also had to sort of decondition myself and start having, you know, faith and understanding that this was my focus time. And that was okay. Like there's nothing wrong with that. And we've all experienced it anecdotally, right? Like you've got something on your to-do list and it's like, you're trying to get it done. You're trying to get it done. And it's like, just, it's sticking and it's not, you're just not able to move it forward. And you're just like, Oh, what's going on? And then all of a sudden one day you get it done and you're like, well, that was so easy. But really, if we were like looking at that a little more in depth, we could see that like, oh, I was trying to really push at this part of my day, of my month, of my year, of my kid's year, like whatever it is. Like, ooh, when I was having a hard time getting that done, it was when it was not the ideal time for me to be focused on that. And when I was able to get it done, it was because it accidentally fell into a time when I should have been focusing on it. So once we can tap into that, then we actually get more done in less time. Yes. Oh my gosh. So good. And will you explain, will you take that a little bit further? Cause one of the other things you do so amazingly in the book, and I think you just did this with our clients in flow 365, I think you explained like, so that's one piece of it. And then the other piece of it is your life. And so will you explain like how to actually find the time where you're going to focus the best based on your life? Yeah. So I think there's three ways to find, like once we've decided like, okay, I need to block out focus time on my schedule. There's three ways to kind of to do it. So one is just to set it. So one is you're listening to this podcast interview right now, you grab your calendar and you just look and you say, okay, I have a block of time on Friday. I'm going to block it out. I'm going to put in focus time, just like it was a doctor's appointment or anything else. I'm going to put it on my calendar. So that's the first way. And that's the easiest way, not the easiest way, but like the lowest barrier to entry way, because you just kind of block it out. The problem with that is like we were just saying, it might not be at your most ideal time because it's just kind of an open time on your calendar. So the next way, the kind of schedule it or plan it is what I call the planet way is to look out a few weeks. And I always recommend this to people when they're thinking like, I want to make a change to my schedule. You probably can't make a change to your schedule for this week or maybe for next week. But if you give yourself permission, like six weeks from now, I'm going to block out Tuesdays and Thursdays at 11 a.m. because I know that that is my best time for focus. And I'm going to get that on my calendar now. 
And that is exactly what I did to write my book. I decided towards the end of 2022, kind of towards, you know, end of November, beginning of December, that I really wanted to finish the book. I'd started it. I had let it fall by the wayside just for all the reasons we all talk about. And I was like, okay, I really want to get this done. So I looked ahead to January and February and I blocked out time on my, in December, I blocked out time in January and February to work on the book. And then once it had a spot on my calendar, I was able to like work everything else around it. And it just became like, I just started looking at my calendar and it was just like, oh, it's just on my calendar. I don't have to decide, should I work on my book right now? Or should I do this other thing on my to-do list? I just was like, oh, you know, here I have a 10 o'clock call with Mia. And then at 11 o'clock, I'm writing my book. It just felt like the same thing to me. So that's kind of one way is like schedule it out. And then the other way is like the third way is like really tapping into what we're talking about energy and to set kind of like a recurring appointment with yourself. So if you know that your best time to focus is at 9 a.m. and you know that you focus better, like I don't focus great on Monday. On Monday, I like to clear a bunch of things off my to-do list, all the things that have kind of accumulated from the weekend and things I didn't get to. So if I know that I focus better when I block out time at roughly 9am later in the week, then I can set some recurring appointments with myself and just know, okay, Thursdays at 9am, that's always my focus time. And then it just starts to become second nature to plan around it. Yeah, I love that. And the other thing that you shared on that call was that sometimes, you know, like we have these ideal times. And if you're balancing life with a spouse and kids and all the things, or even a day job, sometimes if your entrepreneurial thing is your side hustle, it's like the time you have, it doesn't overlap with your system. And then you do your best to figure out like where the best where they time overlap. Is. Yeah. So I yeah. have this concept that I call your grade A time. And grade A time is like the a Venn diagram overlap of when your brain is at its highest ability to focus, but also potential distractions are at their lowest. And so sometimes there is a little bit of compromise there of where those overlap. So maybe you're saying my brain focuses best between eight and 10 in the morning. That's when my brain focuses the best. But maybe you have kids at home that need to be dropped off at school at nine o'clock. So eight to nine is not going to be, it's easy to just get frustrated and be like, well, I guess I can't focus because I've got to take care of these kids, right? So it's like, well, eight to nine isn't your grade A time, but maybe nine to 10 is your grade A time because that's where your brain's highest level of focus overlaps with lower distractions. And, you know, the same could be said if you have a day job, like someone I think on the call said something like, well, my best time for focus is when I'm at work and I'm trying to find time to do this side hustle. It's like, okay, well, if your best time to focus is when you're at work, then that's not your grade A time because there's another distraction there. Now we could get into like, maybe you work on your lunch hour, like we could get into some of those things, but really it's like, okay, well, of the time that I'm not at work, my best time for focus is maybe I want to get up earlier and do something at six in the morning. Or maybe my best time for focus is going to be, you know, staying, you know, going to a coffee shop right by my office at five o'clock and working for an hour. Like that becomes your grade A time because with everything else that you have going on in your life, that is the best combination of focus and low distractions. I love it. So I also think that the best way, like for me, it's very helpful to be understanding, like, I mean, everything Megan does is so science based and backed. So for me personally, when something seems really new and different and like, I've been thinking of to-do lists and productivity and I'm heading over here into focus, like, I think it's really helpful to be fully understand. So everyone needs to go get Megan's book. All right. It's called focus. We'll put a link in the show notes. Everyone needs to go get it because it's a really easy, quick read and it will just It will 100% convince you of this idea that focus is where it's at and just sort of hopefully be that fire that gets you going. So everyone listening, we're going to go get the book. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. And the other thing I want to say is like, because you do this so often, and by the way, Megan has these awesome things, which I feel like we've told people about. So I didn't focus on it now, but she has these awesome things called focus sessions where she has a whole company around 90 minute focus sessions where you're in company and there's just this like it's almost like going to a yoga class but for focus and it's this beautiful way to focus in company which i found really helped me learn this concept was to be with other women all of you know that it's i love being with other women and i'm so passionate about what megan does that we actually purchase focus sessions for everyone who's in flow 365 because 
once we decide what's happening a Monday, it's like, go to the focus session and like focus for that on this and focus on that. And then you, everyone starts to figure it out. So I'm very passionate about the, about everything that Megan does and particularly these sessions. So do you notice because you're sort of interacting with so many people, like, I feel like part of this conditioning of the hustle culture is like, all right, well now I'm going to go, you know, Megan offers four focus sessions a day. I'm going to go focus, which you've already told us even is not a good idea. We only need to do this once a day. But like, do you start to notice a difference if you start practicing this once a week? Like, tell us how to get into this. Like, what's the easiest entry in? If we just pick one day a week and start to really practice focus, does that make a difference? It absolutely. I mean, again, I think we could compare it to like health and wellness, right? Like, you know, like anything you do starts to add up. And sometimes I think there also is that thing like, oh, well, I'm really busy right now. So I don't have time to focus. Wait, okay. That's when you need, right? That's when you need the the most focus. But like the idea of like, oh, I have to block out two or three hours every day. Like that doesn't fit into my schedule right now. Great. Like, you know, focus for one time a week for 90 minutes and maybe 90 minutes is too long. Come for 60 or, you know, and we also, we do have people that come to more than one focus session a day, but sometimes they're working on different things. So sometimes they're using the focus session for like maybe planning out the rest of their week. And then they have another focus session where they're doing the deep work, or they have another focus session where they're clearing off some of those tasks off the list. So you can kind of use it anyway. We have lots of people that come once a week to work on their most important thing. And then we have lots of people that come multiple times a day, but they're kind of using it as that, like you said, that co-working kind of environment that being, you know, having those containers of time, this is another hustle culture thing, right? That there's like only one right way to do it. Right. And that's not true. Like we want you to use focus sessions in the way that works best for you. We just recently did, we do these two week sprints and someone used the two week sprints. We always say like the two week sprints are to get your most important thing done. Well, she used the two week sprint to get all of the little things done so that she could then start to focus on a bigger project over the summer because the sprint was right, you know, right at the end of May. So like, great. It's a great way to use it. You know, so she made like a whole list of all these little things that she needed to wrap up so that she could focus on a bigger project next. So there's no, if you feel like if you find yourself saying I should be doing this, that's hustle culture. Yeah. I just even think that reframe of like, it's not how many things I need to get done. It's more like what really needs my focus today. And I think even if you do the exact same things as you did on the to-do list, like you just switch things a little bit mentally and, switching and you them. learn. Yeah. You mentally switch them and whatever the thing is that you really need to focus on, it sort of rises to the top and it becomes the most important. And I literally think that that starts to retrain your brain to focus on more important things. So I love the focus, absolutely. On, the focus on focus. So thank you. Yep. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. All right. I think we're good. Are we good? I mean, we could talk for days. About I know. This. Day. Someday we'll just talk for days, maybe at a live event, but for right, right now we're good. We're Everyone good. go get Megan's book. Everyone start practicing focus, even in the summer, because like, how cool would it be if you just focus for 90 minutes a week and then felt like you could actually take time off versus like try to focus all day and feel upset that you're missing summer. So, you know, I don't know what the math is, but like if you took, you know, cause I'm doing this in my head, but like if your summer is 10 weeks long and you focused for even 60 minutes a week on whatever this big, important thing is, you know, you're getting 10 hours 10 hours of that big, important project done. And yeah, if you do 90 minutes, that's 15 hours. Like most of our big, important projects, we don't need more than 15 hours to complete. So just setting aside one focus session a week for your summer, you could do a big, important thing for your life, for your business, whatever it is. So good. All right. Thank you so much. Obviously, you'll be back soon because that's how we roll around <laughs> that's here. That's how we roll. Thank everyone you for having me. Everyone go get me. the book. Yeah, and I will see everyone on the next episode. Thank you so much. At the end of every episode, we share three doable changes so you can take what you've heard and put it into action because action is where change happens. But here's the thing. When we have a goal, a wish, a desire bubbling up within us, it can feel really huge, the thing that we're wanting to like birth or bring into the world. And sometimes we stop ourselves in our tracks just based on how huge that desire actually feels within us. And change needs action, but it doesn't need huge action. Does that make sense? So even huge change doesn't need huge action. 
When we focus on the next step, the next doable change that we can integrate into our lives, we don't get stuck and we create momentum. So I always invite you in every episode to choose one doable change that resonates with you today and you can really play with, fit it into your life, your days, make it work for you, and then move on to your next doable change and you stack them over the course of your month, your year, whatever, your life, right? Imagine how many doable changes you can integrate into your life. It's amazing. All right, here are three doable changes for my conversation with Megan today. Number one, map your energy. Start noticing when you have the most energy and do your best work. Start with a day. Do you have more energy in the morning or later in the day? Is there a point where you regularly have low energy? How can you shift your day to work with your energy instead of against it? You can continue tracking and see what changes over the course of a month or a cycle. All right. So this is about mapping your energy. That's the only thing you would need to focus on for this change. Number two, identify your highest contribution right now. What is your highest contribution in your business or in your life right now? Remember, this will change, but getting really clear on it helps you put aside or say no to tasks or projects or asks that pull you away from your highest contribution. All right, doable change number three, last but not least. And remember, these are not in order. You can pick any one that resonates with you. This one is schedule and plan focus time. So first, schedule time this week for focus. Your week may be pretty full already, right? So if you're listening to this in real time, this might be for next week or the next couple of days. Just find what you can in your current schedule. You could use your energy map if you've already done that doable change to think about when your ideal focus time would be. And then you can look ahead in your calendar. You might need to go a few weeks out and schedule that time before it fills in with something else. Once you block the time, we'll start to learn how to hold it firmly and use it for focused work. You can, of course, even join a focus session to get community and accountability around your focus. And don't forget, we literally partner with focus sessions to give these to our Flow365ers because we believe so much in the group dynamic of focus time for women. So many ways to win here, all right? Map your energy, identify your highest contribution right now, and schedule and plan focus time. I cannot wait to hear how that all goes. Remember, go find the posts on Instagram that relate to this episode. Tell us what's resonating. Tell us what you're implementing. And maybe that will even hold you a little bit accountable, but it also helps us know what resonates. And I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you know a woman who wants a little more simple and a lot more flow, share this episode and send them over to the Plan Simple website to download our free course. And if you can find a five-minute window today between meetings in the carpool line while you're eating your lunch, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. This one action plays such a big part in helping other women find us. And I have so much gratitude for you in advance. So thank you so much. Until next week, dream big, plan from your heart, and have a great day. 